0: Hey guys, welcome back to Celebrate the Struggle. And I have here with me today, Jill Riley. Welcome Jill.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I'm super excited to talk to Jill because I had the pleasure of meeting her a couple of weeks when I got to be on her podcast, Post Traumatic Faith. As a matter of fact, when I came across it, like those profound words right there, um, I like learning a lot about post-traumatic growth. And so post-traumatic faith is such a huge part of it so jill is an author a blogger and has been um ministering was a minister or uh, we'll learn more about that for over 30 years and like she just very much um is drawn to the conversations of mental health as she has really struggled um and has struggled the word yes struggled but also Uh, you grow. right um with her own mental health issues and so i'm gonna stop there thank you again for being on here and i would really just like for you to take us back a little bit you know like i'm there's so much that comes before this conversation here in our life and so what does your journey look like jill what what has brought us being able to have the pleasure of meeting and you on this journey to bring more awareness
1: yeah, um, thanks for asking. I, um, I'll i just kind of do the bird's eye view. But I was um, abandoned and adopted in Korea. Um, and uh, then I was adopted to somebody in the United States. And then they abandoned me. And I ended up being readopted to another family. And uh, that family had an older brother and an older sister and my parents. And before my parents divorced, like two years after I got there, two years, three years after I got there, um, my father molested both my sister and myself. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we went to um, so that that was obviously deeply impactful on both of our lives. And um, then we went to North Idaho uh, presumably to get away from him but my mother was extraordinarily violent um, very very violent in her in her discipline and in her anger and all that. And when I say that I mean there are there are times when I remember, checking my clothes to make sure no blood was coming through so nobody could see it. Um, So, you know, she was, um, she was extraordinarily mean. And uh, she was a broken person and trying to raise kids. And uh, it was just really difficult. So, so that was kind of, um, that was kind of the, the ball of yuck that Mm -hmm. um, created some of the mental, a lot of the mental health issues. Uh, I always had in my, I was raised in the church and um, always had this feeling that, that God was real. God could still be good. And to me, I always kind of had that separated people from, from the people of the church from God and and was able Mm -hmm. to stay focused on that. So I, when I was 14, I knew I wanted to become a minister. And so I pursued that. And my first job as a minister was when I was 19 or no, 17. <laughs> and I was in college and um, started working out with it, working with a youth group and went from there, planted, um, started three churches. And wow. uh, yeah, yeah yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, p- pastored for uh, a long time for the the bulk of my life until I had kind of a, not kind of, I had a complete nervous breakdown, meltdown um, seven years ago, almost exactly seven years ago. So, so that's, and that was the introduction to me seven years ago of all of the mental health difficulties that I was having that I was unaware of. So this is kind wow. of late breaking for me it's not like my whole life I've been aware of mental illness or mental struggle so So that's where
0: I think you really just made that clear um that's where your like breakdown came from like you didn't realize that all this was being put into places that
1: right you know um one of my psychiatrists said that um he said Joe one of one of my um PTSD signs is, they call it traumatic organization. And they said, it's like you, something happened and it's a book and you put it on the shelf and then something else happens and you put it away. And, and they said, and now the shelf broke and you've got a mess everywhere. It's just like everything just busted open at once. And, uh, that was, that was really scary. Uh, and I,
0: I feel like I've, you know, definitely heard that from people, um, and the traumatic organization. I, it gives a very good, um, term to it to describe. Absolutely. I just have to say that holy cow, you know, when I think of when I, as, as life goes on and these different things that have happened, like whether it was in the military or a lot outside of the military, you know, um, I kind of joke about how, like, man, or like right now, like my mom going through more stuff, even though we've gone through so much in the past right. half, twenty years. And I and I joke about like, man, you know, um, God really wants to use us. <laughs> when I when I joke about like me, my and my family and the things we've been through, I'm like, man, God, God just really wants to use us to. <laughs> so I think of that when you're like, holy moly, you know. All, your story and the plethora and depth of trauma that's come to your life from the moment you were born. Um, and then right. you'd think, again, here's my, you know, sarcastic uh, personality. You would think that like being abandoned a few times and all that was enough for God to make you a child of God, who's going to spread the <laughs> word. But no, he wanted to make sure... But-
1: My favorite thing is when people are like, Oh, you know, this will just make you stronger. And I'm like, yeah, I never signed up for that. I, (laughs) I, that's not exactly, not exactly what I wanted. I mean, there's truth in that. Um, you do get stronger through, through conflict and adversity and, um, but that's not what I really wanted, you know? Um, so it's true that, uh, the, the life that I've had has been, uh, complex and, but, you know, there's really great things that have come out of, um, come out of my time. Also, I have four amazing kids and they're all married and, um, I have a grandbaby and, you know, and they're, all seem to be healthy and well-adjusted and, and doing and doing well. So that's just a huge, huge blessing um, to me that, that my family is intact and um, doing well. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, I think
0: it's a huge blessing to the world that through your choices, through your healing, you have now helped others through 30, not just through 30 years of ministry, Ministry, which is amazing. and um, but even just thirty years of life and thirty years yeah. of conversations and thirty years of your own struggles, which then end up helping other people like that, I find uh, incredible and s- super cool, which is such a basic adjective <laughs> thing. super cool that um you, have used all of that to help other people and continue on that path so
1: wow well i started um i started a blog at one point because i was struggling to explain to people my mental illness and what was going on and so Mm -hmm. i thought i'm gonna write a hundred days so i started a hundred day blog and in this i uh i started to describe what was going on with my mental health and about 10 days into it, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put this out there and people can read it. And so I started making it more public and, and people started to understand a little bit more about what it had happened to me and what was going on. And, and I think opening myself up to sharing my story has really been healing and has been good, good for me uh, to be able to share that. And at one point, the blog turned into a podcast and we just finished, I'm just finishing recording my third season. And, uh, so yeah, I don't, I I hope it's helpful to others, but it is ultimately very helpful to me.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I bet you've, uh, had some incredible conversations with other people as well through your podcast. So, uh, here, here I go with more questions and pick your brain. Um, so yourself, your own self-care. I really like to talk to people about, you know, what do you do just for Jill to, um, to make sure you fill your soul with whatever it is that is your self-care?
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, you- maybe tell by the desk behind me but i'm an artist and i paint or do watercolors and so that has been that has been good for me i don't work very much because i'm not uh, not able to handle very much stress at all uh-huh. uh, my um my body just goes wacky if uh, my brain goes wacky, if it's too stressed. So uh, I do a lot of writing and that is, that is really nourishing for me. And so beyond, you know, my own spiritual health and um, physical health, I, I swim um, three days a week. I like, I like swimming. I reached a half mile the other day. So I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) So swimming, I really love the water. I just love, I just love being in it. So that's that's a good thing.
0: Neat. Very neat. I when you write, do you typically like journal daily or do you go out on a mission? Like, are you a I guess my question is are you a pantser or a plotter? Like, do you go in with a certain mission or do you just have this creative vibe that you sit down when you fill it and
1: well I blog, not blog, I I um journal sometimes, occasionally. I write in spurts. I I mean I wrote for a couple of magazines and that was a job and that's what I did. But um but I write in spurts like I just joined another another writing group and I I will write um <laughs> thousands of words by virtue of being in a group. So I need like a deadline or somebody somebody chomping at me to say me get too. busy.
0: Me too, Jill. Me too. I've <laughs> been like working on this second book for a year. And, um, I just joined her like 30 day writing challenge and it's really just all it's. And again, like it, it also goes back to your post-traumatic growth and your post-traumatic faith. Like it's a, it's a cho- at a certain point, I don't want to downplay anybody's, um, you know, the things that have happened in their life, but it really does come down to like, you know, choices that we make and how we right. follow through with things. Um right. and I know,
1: want it I want it to come from a creative place and an artistic place and a genuine place, not a um before. I have to so yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: as I was reading through um your bio and a little bit about you, you had mentioned, which having, uh, quite a few years in education and special education, I was surprised that it's not one I've heard about a lot. And that was the disassociative. So does that go, does that align with the traumatic organization is the dis? So can you tell us about that?
1: The dissociative disorder is separate. Um, they all come from the same origin of, you know, overstress and, and, um, from my younger younger years and all that, but um, the dissociative disorder is, uh, you know, everybody dissociates. Um, you're driving down the freeway and you realize you're two exits past where you wanted to get off at, or you're reading a book and you realize you you quit focusing ten minutes ago and you don't know what what it was. So we all kind of detach from our from our present brain um at some point um m- for me with the dissociative disorder what happens is uh, my brain checks out and i lose time and so uh actually the the technical term for the dissociative disorder that I have is dissociative identity disorder, DID, which is the former multiple personalities, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't register with me. Like I show up different places in different clothes and I don't know who I am. And, you know, I, but it does, it does manifest itself in the way that I, I lose time as I'm checked out someplace else. And then I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I did, or I don't remember anything. And so that's, that's for me, the dissociative disorder is a dissociation is a way to uh, escape whatever current pain you're in or whatever current stress you're in, uh, but, but it becomes maladaptive when it's doing it on, when your brain is doing it on its own, when there's no longer a threat.
0: Hmm. I'm totally going to nerd out and research that because I I like that stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I like the way that the brain works and stuff like that. And um, okay, before I get off on a tangent, there, thank you for enlightening us and sharing that with us. Um, as a child, well, I'm guessing since you had said you know you got to this point where you had this breakdown, so like as a child, you know, going through abandonment and adoption and molestation do like if people were to look at the the cover of your book you know like judging you just by the cover did it seem like you were this happy girl or like did you seem to Be a little beside yourself at times, struggle with stuff, or did all that
1: come? You know, my family was all about the show, all about um, looking good and looking like you're okay to other people. And so from the outside, we were the perfect family, the perfect church-going family with kids that excelled at everything. And, uh, you know, we're just really, really, really high achievers and really close family. In the background, what was happening was uh my mother was so obsessed with us being the best and achieving that she was brutal in in trying to accomplish that goal. It was as if our accomplishments fueled her instead of you know them being our accomplishment and uh-huh. being okay to be ours and to own that. Um so so she uh she was really, really invested in us looking like the perfect family. So for me, yeah, I was a pretty happy kid and had, had friends and, you know, I just had these huge secrets and scars behind, behind my mask. And, you know, talking to some of my best childhood friends, you know, they just, they just feel so bad because as my story has come out, they, they know their parents has said, you need to watch for something. You need to watch for any signs of abuse. We think something's going on and nobody ever knew because we were terrified to tell anybody what was going on. So, so from the, from the outward appearance, we looked fine uh, from the, from the inside, it was a hot mess. mm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, although I clearly, you know, writing and painting helps you to get some self-care and get that outlet over the years, what has significantly, and maybe it's your faith and scripture, but I'm curious, what has significantly just helped you, um, wrap your head around, you know, diagnoses and what you need to do for yourself, like, or what has helped you to grow. Um, That might be good advice for other people to kind of work, continue on their path of healing.
1: You know, um, the diagnosis was very shocking for me because I didn't know that I was living with such severe mental illness. Um, so in an ongoing way, the thing that has helped me the most is having therapists that know what's going on and that I can talk to. I've been in trauma therapy for seven years now, and, um, they help talk through, uh, the things that I can't reach by myself. Mm -hmm. And so that has probably been the singular consistent thing that has helped a lot, uh, course, I'm on a lot of medication. I don't, I don't love that, but I always have to look at it by this gives me a quality of life mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have without it. And so I need to remember that my gratitude is that I get to have this life and um, that I have access to those kinds of resources, but those have certainly helped with things like sleeping disorders and um, mood regulators and, and things like that. So Mm -hmm. without that I might not be the person that I am right now yes it's factual
0: and and it is what it is and it's good that you can find the those words right there like it gives you quality of life like that that right there is like one of those drop the mic moments like there you go yeah um so I typically also really like to hear from people um because typically like the people I've had the conversation with people who come on here like yourself and get uncomfortable with, or get comfortable with the uncomfortable to talk about our struggles. Like you guys are driven people, like exceptional people and creative, you know, you're a writer and a painter and just really in touch with yourself. And so I typically like to ask people like if, if, money or other resources, time, there's that huge one, time, diagnoses, any of that, if all of that was not a factor or an issue, what do you wish like you could, I mean, you've already done so much, like 30 years of touching people's lives and being a part of opening three churches, but in the time that you have left on this world, whether it be a day or however much, um, what would you really like like to continue doing or see happen or like if you could just reach this make this happen what are your your big old dreams that people might seem far-fetched but I think they're amazing let's hear them
1: yeah, for me, I one of my very simple—not maybe dreams, not maybe a goals—but um, the the way I live is that I want to be healthy enough to see my grandchildren and uh, watch them grow and and be a part of their lives. I'm in that grandparenting phase, um, so I'm getting I'm getting old, Jennifer. <laughs> but, um. But, uh, you know, the big dream, one of the big dreams is I would like to finish and publish the book about, about my life. And, and that's what I keep whittling away at. And so someday I would love to see that to fruition. And that would be, that would be really, Mm -hmm. really gratifying for me. And, you know, that, you know, for my kids and for like my nieces and nephews, and um, I think it would be something that. Would help them to understand a little bit more about me, and uh, have some kind of a memoriam that would be meaningful to them. So that's that's one of the biggest biggest goals that I have.
0: Absolutely, and I love that you're even writing it. You know, other people. I, um, let me finish that sentence. I love that you're even writing it down. Um, other people who have talked about it, even if they're not interested in writing publishing a book. I've encouraged them like, absolutely. You got to put that down on paper. Like your grandkids, your great grandkids, like generations to come are not going to know. Like most of us, we don't know a lot about our And so I don't.
1: right
0: So to be able to have something etched in stone there. But I think what was another drop the mic moment is where you just said like your health, you want to be healthy around. So that again, that quality of life that you have with your family. And I love that. That is definitely a goal of mine. Yeah. Well, Jill, what else? is there have I missed anything that you would like to share with us?
1: No, I just really appreciate your work and appreciate uh being on being on the podcast and I think I think the more we share our stories and the more we we allow ourselves to be open to what's going on around us. Um, it is helpful to other people because we see ourselves in other people's struggles. And I think the more honest we are, the better that people can see that there is, there is hope in mm-hmm. overcoming some of these challenges. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think even myself needs to be reminded of that at times too, right? We're only human <laughs> so thank you for for coming on and um i look forward to continue just following you as a matter of fact we will make sure we put it in the social media notes but how can people stalk you jill
1: <laughs> the easiest way to stalk me is jillreilly.com And, uh, from there, all my social media links, the blog, the podcast, that's, that's the easiest entry entry point. I'm on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that, but all those links are on there. So, Mm and like I said, if you are watching
0: this or listening, that will be in the show notes. So stop trying to write while you drive, even though I (laughs) want to stop you soon, but thanks again, Jill, for coming to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and share the struggle and just own it and show that we can, we can just grow even more profound into the people that we are meant to
1: be from. Well, thank you. Ciao. Bye.